Parents Pod. Welcome to Pet Parents Pod, the podcast for and by pet parents. I'm Danielle. I'm Heath. And I'm April. We we killed well, you're Kip. Not Kip. No, I'm not Kip because it's the holidays. It is Thanksgiving weekend, and we are not in our normal basement cave. We are at my lovely aunt's house recording in her Alabama. We dragged you out of Georgia. Yeah, we do that. Gave away how last minute this is. Yeah. Well, no. Thanksgiving weekend. Well, no, it's we did a, this ahead of time in a timely manner. No, this was a planned holiday-themed episode that is during right. the holiday. Yes, that we planned and recorded ahead of time like organized podcasters. Oh, please. This is not an organized I podcast. This is a very organized podcast. <laughs> it is organized in the sense that we are together a group, and we organize the topic for today's show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing is, though, about fun holiday things is you, you, you have to roll with the punches, and sometimes unexpected things happen. So quick PSA to all of the 12 listeners that we have. Uh, 20-ish now. 20. Yeah. Original OG 20 at a pet parent's pod. Be aware of holiday emergencies that can happen with your pets, because my sweet baby bloated t- two days ago. If your dog starts suddenly vomiting a lot of liquid and standing uncomfortably and looking panicked and just overall only having issues with one end, get him to the vet ASAP. The only reason that my dog is alive today is because I knew the signs. And one of the great ways to learn the signs of breed-specific ailments is to join breed groups. And one of the things during Thanksgiving that celebrates breed groups is the National Dog Show. Yes. So, um, Leon is fine. Leon the Poodle. Yes, Yes. Leon the Poodle. poodle. He's he's gonna be fine. He's. And for people who don't know, who maybe because a lot of our family, when we were explaining this to them during the "Oh God, is Leon okay?" thing, uh, bloat is when basically the stomach of a dog twists, and yes. it's more common in low-chested dogs, just like chested, deep-chested, deep narrow dogs. So like, Labradors, German or German Shepherds, uh, Pinchers. And standard poodles. Yeah. Great Danes as well. Great Danes as well, yes. Absolutely. So if you are a listener with a dog of this breed or mixed with this breed, even if you're not, you might or you have a friend with a dog like that. It can happen kind of unexpectedly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so just be aware if if you start seeing things that distress you, take your dog to the vet. Yeah. Don't don't be stubborn. Don't be like, oh, well, I'm sure he'll get over it. He might, but like every animal throws up once or twice. Yeah, this was That's not, not what we're talking about. No, this was not once or twice. This was like once every thirty minutes, huge volumes of liquid throwing up. Like, Very bad sign. Horrible. And and if your animal's throwing up that much anyway, you need to get them into the vet because they could be dehydrating. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's not bloat. So. No. If your dog is throwing up massively, take him to the vet. Don't wait around and say, oh, he's a little sick. Because 
I was talking to my vet tech friends after all this, and they were telling me how many dogs come in to the veterinarian's office septic. Because when I say the, yeah. the stomach twists in on itself and that happens, blood flow gets cut off from the back end yeah. of your animal and tissue starts to die. So yeah. even when they flip the stomach back, there can be I mean, it can be, it, it damages the other organs because the stomach will swell and press on other organs. Exactly. And it can be fatal within hours. Yeah. You treated. don't have a lot of time. So no. just go ahead, go to the vet. Even if you think that maybe you're overreacting, overreact. Overreact. Yeah. Because then... Also, worst case scenario, if you are overreacting, like, we had, uh, Mishka had a small, tiny sedation, and he got really upset from the sedation to do a a very routine thing, but because of that, we had to take him back to the vet, and they're like, oh, he's throwing up, he's dehydrated, here's some tummy stuff, here's some fluids, and it gets better. Like, worst case scenario, you get a little bit of a... Yeah. Anti-nausea and I mean, thing. Been, if you're o- if you're overreacting, you've been like, paranoid about Rue because of all of her health issues. Yeah, oh, she got immune disease. So there's been at least a couple times where we took her in because we were like, is this a normal thing or is she having a weird problem? Because you know, yeah. her body's somewhat defective. And she got bronchitis once, and yeah, that's like oh. I was really worried about the bronchitis. Yeah, because she was oh, coughing. And it wasn't like eh, eh. it was like. Eh. Like I'm a smoker cough. Yeah. yeah. Poor baby. It was yeah. just bronchitis because of allergies because our dogs are delicate flowers. They're very delicate, gentle, gentle flowers in the breeze. They have very sensitive stomachs. Yes. But that does lead us into the topic that we had originally planned on before all this mess happened, and that is dog shit. Yes. Because we are an organized podcast who went, huh. April loves dog shows. April we does will, love dog shows. <laughs> we will see her during Thanksgiving. The National Dog Show airs every Thanksgiving. The reason I know April likes dog shows, she likes to put this on. And it's pet related. And it's I will say it's a nice background noise instead of the football background noise. Because it's just cute dogs kind of prancing around. Dog shows are cool. Because what one of the other things that you have to understand when you watch something like the NBC dog show is they are giving y'all the highlights. Mm -hmm. Dog shows are a sport. That's not something you think of. Like, Danielle, when you think of a dog show, what do you think of? Um, Well, I watched a couple different things with the dog shows, but they, um, I think of, they follow them around in little circles. They Mm -hmm. Yeah, you watch the gate. There are multiple kinds of dog shows. Did you guys know that? I do know that there's like that some have like agility tests. Yeah, there there are competitions where they do agility tests. I think those actually seem more interesting like to watch. Courses. Yes, yeah. there's dock diving challenges. Too. Yes, and lure coursing. Mm-hmm. So what the National Dog Show is is called a conformation competition, and the purpose is to celebrate the breed standards that are laid out by whatever regulatory organization is hosting the show. So, for instance, in the United States, we use the AKC, or the American Kennel Club, as the American breed standard. Um, There are other organizations that have different uh, breed standards. For instance, in Europe, it is not standard for a poodle to have their tail docked. It's only standard in the United States. So why? 
it's illegal to dock tails in Europe. That's good. But, I agree well, with that. Yeah. But, but why think, why don't they have the like internationally, I guess. Um, because countries are run by humans and most humans can't agree with one another. So some countries do things one way. Well, some okay. countries are like, but I like having this dog's tail mostly chopped off. Exactly. Okay. It looks better because I'm shallow. I don't <laughs> think that shallowness is the it's motivation. It's not really shallow. I just don't like the, the beauty standards. Oh yeah, the unrealistic beauty standards. Modifications. Look, I saw Rue on Instagram, and she's falling down a bad algorithm, worried about her weight (laughs) being larger than both her breed sizes. Yeah, I was making a joke about poor Rue. She's a potato, though. She is a potato. Well, that's the thing about the. She's in perfect potato shape. Uh huh. The thing about the confirmation shows is the confirmation. The dogs are not competing against one another. No. They're competing against the written standard of the breed. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, if anybody watched the uh, 2021 National Dog Show, spoiler alert, cover your ears, pause and fast forward if you don't want to know the answer, but Claire, the deer hound, won best in show. And this was really, really surprising and historical because usually when a dog wins best in show, they don't win the next year. So what that means is that Claire started out with the other hounds group. Yes. And, well, first she started with the other deer hounds. Mm -hmm. So she was in a big class with the other deer hounds. That was not shown on television. Mm -hmm. And she won the best deer hound in the group. And then they took her into the group of hounds, because the AKC separates it into seven different categories. Um, So she was in the hound category, and she won as the best in that group. And then they took her against the other seven dogs, and she won against those seven dogs, and that made her best in show. Now, I have never gotten into dog sports like that, because one, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. It's very expensive to get into dog sports. Imagine that you're putting your kid in soccer and all of the expenses you get just with that, but then multiply it by a dog. Because first there's the training classes, which are not free. It's not like there's a big community that's like, oh, we want to see more dog sports in our county. We as a community are going to supplement them the way that they do with children's sports. Nope. you got to pay for that all out of pocket. So you have to do the training. Second of all, oh, wait, no, let me go back. Before you even do the training, you have to have a dog that's actually going to be competitive. And before you even get into getting a dog that's competitive, you have to know a breeder who wants to trust you enough with a dog that's competitive. And before you even can get to know a breeder, half the time you have to get into a mentorship program. So just starting is a bunch of hurdles and a bunch of gates. If you- huh. This seems like an upper-class type sport. Mm, it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're bad dogs, are all like, what, a couple thousand usually? Yeah. And they, you have to you have to track their lineage, uh, and you're not allowed to fix them. You also can't fix them. Yeah, no. None of the dogs that are shown at the um, dog shows are altered in any way. They're all intact. Because the purpose of the dog show is to prove that you have a breedable dog that is going to increase the breed or build the breed. Right. After years and tails sometimes dog. On the breed. Yeah. 
Sometimes. I, I only they're said not fixed. Not oh, I meant altered, like, yeah. they haven't yeah. been, um, spayed or neutered. they yeah. haven't been spayed or neutered. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, unaltered dog is just the standard vocabulary when they're talking about a... I know, it's just that you said dog. it anyway, I just wanted to clarify. Oh, no, you're, you're good. You're good. Um, so, that's, but, but keep in mind, that's just confirmation sports. For rally, it doesn't matter. Rally is an obedience sport where you can teach your dog purely through hand motions certain behaviors. So they'll walk around you. They'll lay down and be in a sit-stay while you walk around them. They'll walk backwards with you. They'll walk forwards with you. They'll walk around obstacles with you. That's rally. Rally competitions are really, really interesting, and I actually think that they're more fun to watch, but they're not as popular. Then there's the um, agility stuff, and agility dogs don't need to have specific breeding to do. All right. Pretty much any dog can do agility. As long as you can show up for the qualification rounds, your dog can do agility. So not all dogs have to be... For the agility, are they not allowed to be spayed or neutered? Or? They can be. Okay. Yeah. All of the only ones See, that like they're that. not... Yeah. So There's a lot of shows that are not like that, but the confirmation shows are the ones that most people think of. Because are, they're the ones that are aired up front Exactly. Times. Are y'all familiar with the comedy that came out in 2001 called Best in Show. I actually did watch it in preparation for this episode because, (laughs) okay, here's the thing. I wasn't really planning to, I don't, unless I'm hanging out with people who are watching it, I don't normally look up dog shows, but I'm like, oh, I should try to watch this. I could only find the last like 16 minutes, like the final judging of this year. Mm-hmm. And then I found the full competition last year. So I put that on while I was doing laundry and packing for the trip. And then I was like, well, I've heard of Best in Show mainly from I Like Shit's Creek. Yeah. And the two uh, parent actors were two actors in this movie. <laughs> and so I've been wanting to watch it because I do like their style of comedy. And, and then I watched Best in Show. And I'm like, oh, this is actually pretty funny. And it's a A-plus movie. Keith, you would like it. We need to watch it. I was hoping that we would have time to try and, like, throw it on the TV and watch it, but since we had children with us at the family festivities, it's not really, I think, a very child-friendly no. uh, movie. The no. humor can be really crude. But and we were also trying to keep our child member off of electronics for a yes. night. Yes. So we did lots of car Also, games. yesterday, when we actually would have had time to do things, I was in and out of the animal hospital because <sighs> my dog had decided to try and explode on me so that wasn't fun so just trying out some stomach aerobics it's just like i think today we will do our best interpretation of a balloon (laughs) i heard this is my expectation because i am a standard poodle yes i was reading about my breed and i thought i'd try it out (laughs) exactly but um no like just it's it's a very funny movie because what it does is it plays upon the stereotypes and the neuroticism of certain people who go to dog shows and like the handlers and the owners because it covers like not every owner is the handler of the dog i actually have a note about that in my uh notes so i made um notes about about this episode i have like a book a, a book that i wrote a bunch of stuff down in so let's talk about Let's let's go back to confirmation shows because that's the uh, national dog show. Exactly, national dog show. So first and foremost, by the time any average Joe Blow is watching 
the National Dog Show. These dogs have been in weekly competitions for months before you get to see them for those 20 seconds um, of time on TV. Where they hold up the tail. Well, so what they're doing, that is called stacking. That actual, yeah, no, that's an actual thing. It's called stacking. Okay. I you just... stack your dog to show the best structure of the dog's skeleton, uh... of their muscles. That is the purpose of it, is to show, hey, my dog is... Structurally not... sound. Structurally sound, exactly. Like a good bridge. Look at this beautiful skeleton. Yes. Exactly. What I was finding funny with the bulldog, they kept, like, making sure, because the bulldog was like, Hey, with his little mouth open, he's like, no, you look, he, he, look he has an underbite. Look his underbite. Look how powerful it is. And he's like, I just, that bulldog was, he was hilarious. He was when so he, sleepy. When he passed his group, because I did get to watch the first three groups before. Uh, oh, you actually did the behind. I, I did watch, um, I did watch the first 25 minutes of the dog, of the national dog show. Yeah. Um, but then I was at Grandma's, and they just decided to eat right in the middle of the dog show, so the TV got turned off. I'm sorry. It's depressing, but, you know, sometimes we have to take a deep breath and enjoy our roast that our grandmother made us instead. It, okay, family's so, important in this time first of year. All, it's not easy to teach a dog how to stand that way. I know they no. make it look really natural. But there's this whole bit of training where they get boards out and you teach the dog. First, you put it where the dog naturally stands mm-hmm. and you teach them to stand on the board and then you just gradually stretch them out so that the dog will stretch themselves properly out so that you can actually see the dog. I don't know if you've ever watched Leon stand, but he'll like put his front feet farther out than his back feet. Yeah. Yeah, that's stacking. So. Like, oh, so he was at some point. I do believe at some point somebody tried training him. Yeah. I don't know what happened. That dog is a mystery. He's a, he's a strange mystery wrapped in he enigma. He did. Became a street dog. Street dog. He's like, I'm a punk. He is a punk. He's I'm going to run punk. away. And then have a float and terrify my mom. Yeah. <laughs> Unless a fluffy. Um, okay, so what? why do you think we have dog shows, you know? Um, because we want to look at dogs and they're fluffy and But fancy. in a competitive way. It, yeah, everything's competitive. Um, also, I think it's a way to get status and show that, look at my dog. You can look how good, and now I can sell the rights to breed my dog. Don't you want these eggs? Look at these hot, hot eggs and dusties. That is not how it works, but okay. <laughs> I mean, Keith, why do you think we have dog shows? <laughs> I mean, people like dogs, and people have money, and they're like, I like my dog, and it's purebred. I want to show it off. You know what we can do? Yeah. And compete against each other. So dog shows started um, right around the time of the Industrial Revolution. Okay. Yeah, because what was happening was a lot of dog breeders are wealthy of people. Of course they are. <laughs> <laughs> and the wealthy people were realizing that with losing rural people, they were having less opportunity to mingle with other wealthy people. We had professional kennel masters. Where's the pricey, uh, bougie dog convention? Oh, so that, they want to. They they didn't want to go to the poor's dog park. They want to go to their fancy rich people dog park. Not, not quite. What was happening is they were noticing that the breeds were declining because there weren't as many wealthy people 
to oh, also the, the breeds were intermingling. They, now, they were mixing. Let's let's go back. Y'all, y'all. Okay. My pearls. No, no. Because okay. here, every okay, okay. breed exists for a purpose. Right. Yeah. Breeds exist for a purpose. Labradors were gun dogs. Right. To hunt. We did explain this in the history yes. episode. If you have dogs built for a purpose, such as. Um, Yorkies going after rats, mm-hmm. or dachshunds going after weasels, mm-hmm. or having like sheep dog. You have to have a standard to keep that breed up because this was before we had the big tractors and things, and you know you you have to keep the standard up. And the only way to do that is by making sure that you are maintaining what those standards are, and making sure that the best dogs are being produced so that the breed will continue to thrive and be healthy. And that's where dog shows came from. I mean, mixes with terriers will still kill small animals. They will, but will your border collie um, hunt sheep properly? Will it, will it like, do what it needs to do to herd? If it I like hunt the, sheep when it's supposed to herd, herd the sheep. sheep. I know, I just, My I'm apologies. like... <laughs> the, will the border collie it's herd gone. sheep properly if... You've lost a kennel master, and all your border collies are interbreeding with your Labradors. Are you or, to- or with dingoes, and they'll definitely hunt those sheep in that case. Exactly. You <laughs> well, have no. to maintain quality hey. of the breed. Hey, 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 hey. We, we learned in the history episode that the dingoes are the reason we have the blue healers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember, because... Yeah. Because yeah. that they want that endless. So dingoes mixing with your... Yeah, remember? We yeah, married them marriage. off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's why dog shows started, and that's why we have them. I mean, to maintain the integrity of a breed. That's true. And that's, regardless that's of true. how you feel I about feel like it was mostly rich people. But, um, it, it, it was, is. and it yeah. still is. That's the thing. It still is because you purchase a dog. Yeah, it's very expensive. It's super expensive. Um, I have, thing about it is it's pricey. Yeah, I have nothing but respect for owner handlers who yeah. go out there, raise their own dogs, and do those shows. But it is very uncommon for an owner handler who is of normal means to um, be able to reach that level. The exception that I have found, um, because I'm in a couple of different Facebook groups and I follow a couple of different sporting people, Mm -hmm. the exception are groomers. Owner handler groomers often do really, really well because they can make their business in the show as a professional groomer, grooming other dogs. And then work out trades where they're showing and taking care of their dogs while also being able to support themselves from business. That makes sense. And there are people who are professional dog handlers. Mm -hmm. So they make it their job to to handle, show, and present dogs for people who make more money. So it is a a very niche business, but there are middle-class working people who do it and it's not you know the, the not everybody who's in dog shows is wealthy but a lot of the people right. who are in dog shows pretty much that is their life i will say that is a pretty sweet gig all you have to do well I, it has work to it but it's like i get paid to travel with this dog take care of this dog and show this dog obviously they train it and maintain the dog mm-hmm. and like the old grooming aspects um one thing i did notice i think it was the 2020 show there was like a 10 year old girl who was showing her dog and she was the owner and handler of the dog and 
It was actually really cute. She's in a little business suit. She's so serious. Like, she had a bun. And she's, she's like... a professional. Dinner. She was a professional. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think her dog won its class, but it obviously won its breed, and that's how she got in there. Mm-hmm. But it was just very... And she's obviously probably a rich kid, judging. So, but. one of the things about the way that the handlers dress in the mm-hmm. ring, um, they are expected to dress well, but they mm-hmm. have shoes that can run with the dogs. So, if you notice, right. they all have flats. And they often choose their clothes based on what is going to look the best against the dog in a picture. So okay. if you have a white dog, you want to wear dark colors. If you mm-hmm. have a dark dog, you want to wear like, something that's not going to clash with them so that they're not, like, blending into you during their pictures. That makes sense. If you, It was one of the things I was noticing and I was, like, really enjoying. Um, the lady who had the Dalmatian was wearing a red suit with a Dalmatian, I thought, oh, that's perfect, because their dog's going to stand out against that red when you're standing mm-hmm. in the corner. It's beautiful. And you're a fire truck that they're following. Yeah, so Dalmatians were carriage dogs. Yeah, they followed They the... would follow the carriages that were carrying water and things, and they would also protect um, From caravans. And they're, they're actually pretty aggressive dogs. Don't, don't get a Dalmatian unless you're willing to put in the work and behavior. So, this kind of goes into, um, do you guys think that the dogs like dog shows? I mean, I, I assume, yeah, I mean, I assume most of them are conditioned for it. I assume not every dog has the, um, personality for a dog show, because that was something, yes, that was something even, like, our, on our cat show, our guests there talked about that, uh, you kind of have to know the temperament if they like it or not. Yes. So I have been following a lot of different dog show people for a while. And one of the things that they want to be made clear is dogs like competition. They enjoy they like it. jobs. But yeah. being given something just to because they are polite and well-behaved in the ring does not mean you stick your hand into their kennel when they're traveling. I literally was looking through a comment thread on Facebook like three days ago, and someone made a comment where, why would you bring a dangerous dog to a dog show? Because the owner had uh, zip-tied a sign onto the dog's crate that said, do not touch, do not pet, and it was for her Dobermans that Mm -hmm. she was showing. Mm -hmm. Dobermans' personalities are great if they know you, but if they don't know you and you stick your fingers in their cage... That's like offering a sausage. I'm so sorry. You deserve to get bit. Don't that's, don't that's do that. Yeah. And somebody said, well, why would you have a dog that would bite? Well, I'm going to bite you too if you stick your hand in my bed while I'm trying to sleep. And that's the thing about dogs. Like, there's different personalities. But yeah. none of these dogs, like, people who do dog shows love dogs. Mm-hmm. All they want is for that dog to be happy. Oh, I'll tell you all a story. Um, so I follow this Canadian uh owner handler and her dog's name is story and she also co-owns a dog named link well there was a dog show and the owner was with story because story had just had puppies okay so link was with a friend of hers who was doing the handling Mm -hmm. and link thought it was a brilliant idea to escape and he went on a nice four mile run through toronto bush with 14 dog people 
chasing and surrounding him to get him back. What kind of dog was he? He was a standard poodle. I like to oh. follow a lot of the standard poodles. Uh. But uh, no, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't show that weekend because he was covered in mats and burrs from his four-mile trek <laughs> in the bush. Dogs do. My point of the story is that, like, you know, he's a very good dog. He's a champion. Mm-hmm. But just because you're a champion dog doesn't mean you're not a dog. Yeah. Uh, they have personalities. Exactly. When I was doing Mishka's dog training, the handlers like, we are teaching them commands and things, but they're still living animals. They're not robots. They're not always going to listen. They're going to do their best, but you do have to, like, have reasonable expectations because there's different levels of attention. And sometimes they're stubborn, and it's their personality. Like, there was, I remember one point we were teaching, doing something, and I'm like, he knows the command. She's like, yeah, he's just ignoring you because he's tired. I'm like, yeah. You're like, no, I'm not in it today. And it's like, oh, oh I mean, Leon uh, literally is probably very hungry right now at the vet's office, but because he doesn't like them, he's not eating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know this because I went up there this afternoon with food, and he ate it right from my hand, no problem, because he likes me. He does not feel that way about the text. So he ate enough food to show that he can eat and that it is, he's capable of it. And I called and checked in when I was on my way over here to record the podcast. And they're like, yeah, he's still not eating. We think we're going to have to send him home just so that we can actually get him to recover because he's not going to recover in the hospital because he doesn't want to, not because he can't, Mm -hmm. not because there's anything wrong with the food. But he doesn't like you, and so he's not going to. <laughs> he probably doesn't trust them. He, yeah. He doesn't know them. He, he did good listening to Stranger Danger. Don't take candy from strangers. Yeah. Don't take food from strangers. Even if you're dying in a hospital, yes. never eat. Never eat. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a part of the talk. That last part. He, yeah. he inferred it from the other information. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, in dog shows, it's the same way. Because dogs are going to do what they want to do. You can't just stick a dog with a new handler. They, they know their routines, but those dogs are well-trained. They're they're happy to go into their crates. There's a lady yeah. I follow on TikTok. She has IBCN hounds. She has nine of them. That's too many dogs. Yeah. she's. I think she's a veterinary. Like, I think she is an actual veterinarian, which yeah. is why she's able to afford the, yeah. <laughs> afford the um, process. But she does a lot of educational videos on training. Her IBCN hounds are uh, lure course and... They're beautiful. They do a great job, and they're pretty awesome. But there are people in her comment section that get on her, and they're like, how dare you crate your dogs while you're not home? No dog should be in a crate. That's not good for them. You're torturing them. You're abusing them. Crate training's a normal... I'm going to tell you what. That is not true at all. Like... Dog people, like, get so much crap for the very most basic things that anybody who else who has dogs knows is normal. Yeah. If your dog is going to be home alone and you have, a, say, a high prey drive and you, say, own a cat, it is not a good idea to leave a pack of nine hunting dogs unattended and unsupervised and uncontained in the house with a single cat. Now, when she's there... The dogs and the cats have no problem with each other. They cuddle. It's fine. But I've seen it happen where a dog is playing and the play gets a little too rough. And then suddenly you're like, hey, stop that. But if there's no one there to go, hey, stop that. 
you have a tragedy on your hands. So the same thing with dog shows. Like these dogs are conditioned. They love it. They are having fun. They wouldn't do it if they weren't having fun. My favorite thing is to watch some of the um, Malteses and the Yorkies who are at these confirmation shows. They're so excited. They're like, yes, I get to walk around. Everybody's looking at me and this is fun. And people, it goes back to our grooming episode yeah. where I was talking about how if a dog doesn't want to be brushed, it's not going to lay there and be brushed. Yeah. These dogs with the big coats, like the Poodles and the Malteses and the York, Yorkshire Terriers and the Lops Opsas and the Commodores, they enjoy the process or they would not be right. so healthy. And they wouldn't have their happy little gates and stuff. I also, one thing, I think the thing that kind of bugs me about the show, I know, like, they're being compared to the breeds. Uh, I, I get the best out of the, the breeds. Breed. Yeah, yeah. But um, I get the best out of the breeds. I can even get understand the best out of the, like, classes. I think the best in show is kind of lame in a way because it just is like you're comparing completely different dogs, you're like, this dog is the epitome of dogs, and it's just no, weird to because me. because you're not, okay, so let's say you have a poodle, a Labrador, a Commodore, whatever, like, yeah. or you've got, like, the four groups. Yeah. You're not comparing the dogs to one another. Right, you're I know. You're comparing the dogs to, to their breed standard. So let's say we have dog A, dog B, dog C. Dog A is a terrier. Dog B is a hound, and dog C is a non-sporting dog. The catch-all term. Yeah, poodle. Um, What you're doing is you're giving that dog as a judge points. You're saying, okay, this terrier is 8.5 to the best of its ability to be a terrier. This hound is 9.5 to its ability to be a hound. And this dog is 8 points to its ability to be non-sporting. So then that means the hound wins. It's not winning because it's better than the Terrier. It's not winning because it's better than the Poodle. It's winning because of the dogs presented, it is closest to the breed standard. It's kind of like, because it's all tournament style, you know? They, They come through getting that point. And the reason you want Best in Show, and Best in Show is a different breed most of the time every year, is to make a point about, hey, you know... This particular person, not only are they the best in their group and the best in, you know, their breed, but they're the best one in all shows. Because if you're going to have a competition, there's going to be a best. There's going to be a winner. I understand that aspect. I, I guess maybe what I'm saying is there has to be a winner. There's never any ties. Like, it's never like, well, this is the epitome of... Elk Hound, and this is the epitome of the Yorkie, but they're both 8.7. It's like, it's all, uh, it's not, it's subjective. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. The judging is based on subjective. It's not like they ever show us, like, these are the notes they made, and this is what the points they lost. Mm-hmm. Like, they never are transparent about that. And even, like, they've mentioned it uh, in their narration that it's like, oh, this judge is uh, well-versed on all these breeds, and that's why this person's judging it. It's like this judge's knowledge, but it's also like their opinion on things. Mm-hmm. So it, I think it just flashes me back to art, which it didn't matter. You could spend like 40 hours on a project, but if the teacher's like, I'm not feeling it. It's like, you're going to get an A-. minus. It's like, okay, thanks. So you're... If I'm to understand correctly, your biggest issue is that at the end it comes down to subjectiveness. Yes. 
That's what I'm talking about. Because you never see a point system. Maybe there is a point system, but they never, like, at least to the audience, clarify that. And I'm kind of... I, I would be interested to see that. Because they don't take notes and stuff, at least in right. the writing. So what they're looking at are the teeth. Right, they're I know. looking at the ears. Mm-hmm. The structure of and the dog and do how that. it walks. Right. And those things are recorded. And I'm sure that other judges could comment more expertly than me a... Um, Pet poodle owner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who only watches stuff on the side. <laughs> yeah, no. And I, I hear your point, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who agree with you because that's why a lot of people don't compete right. in shows like that. But they're also, those judges have to be good enough that those people paid money to go and stand in front of them and get their opinion. No, I, I know. I'm not saying, like, obviously they have qualifications. I would, I think the thing that I would like, I guess, as a viewer of this would be more transparency or maybe even more explanation on how the judges decide because they don't do that much. Like, that was actually something I liked yeah, about. More like the Olympics, isn't it broken down a little bit? Yeah, it's like, it's like explained a bit more and maybe if we could have that. And maybe they do that on the side. Like, maybe there's like, oh, you should watch the behind the scenes on this, this, and this and they'll explain it more. Like, how I actually kind of understood a little bit more of how judging works, which is maybe not the best judge, but um, the best in show comedy did a little bit more breaking down in their explanation as a narrative about like what the judges, cause they had like two um, narrators and one was like a, a celebrity narrator. Who's like, I like that dog. He's fluffy. And the other one's like an expert. It's like, well, that was, he's fluffy because this, this, and this, and that's why he has his coat that way. And he's like, what a stupid looking coat. He's like, well, it's like that because they were uh, a water dog and that protected them from the cold. Well, he's like, Oh, let's look at that one. Like, so they had like a, a color gal- commentary. That's what they're yeah. called. Color commentary. That's an expert in the color commentary. Yeah. So they, that's mm-hmm. what they had in the movie. And I'm like, okay, well, that's and they exaggerated it a lot. Yeah, they exaggerated a lot because it was one fun. person being like extra stupid and one person being uh, more more intelligent. But like right. the fact that they had to write the intelligent person giving some reasonable answers. I'm like, okay, that makes a little bit more sense. It was easier to wrap my head around some of the aspects of the that. show. Um, one of my goals is to be able to go to a live show, like, to go and, like, witness it face-to-face, like, firsthand, cool. like, from the audience. Here's the thing. The average person doesn't give a shit about dog sports. Like, it's not That's televised. Fair. It doesn't make a lot of money. The only dog sport that makes any money is dog racing. And the way that I would not say the way that greyhounds are treated for dog racing is necessarily the most humane or the most. Um, There's a lot of good yeah. greyhound rescues that try to help these dogs. Exactly. I, and when I'm talking about dog sports here, I'm not talking necessarily about greyhound racing. I'm talking about rally and agility and those things. And I think that agility is a lot more accessible to the day to day public. We interrupt this program to bring you an important message from our sponsors. Well, not sponsors per se, but it is time to pay the vet bills. Pet Parents Pod now has a website, PetParentsPod.com, where you can go and learn about all the different ways to support the podcast. We also have a Patreon now. There's a link to that as well, along with all of our socials, a Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. It's going to be Patreon, 
patreon.com slash petparentspod. Anything and everything can help. We would appreciate your support. Petparentspod.com also lists that we are a BarkBox affiliate, so any special offers that we have, which will be effective during certain date ranges that are listed, are going to be on that page. There's a link to BarkBox under the Ways to Support page on the website. We also want to remind everyone that regardless of whether other special offers are going on, anytime you subscribe to BarkBox using the link BarkBox.com slash PetParentsPod, you can get free extra month of BarkBox for your subscription. If you enjoy our content, spread the word, tell your friends and family that are also animal lovers. Now back to your regularly scheduled episode. thing is, most people don't care about their dog breed. And, like, most pet parents. Like, you yeah. and me and Keith, we, we, we care in the sense that, oh, well, we did some research to make sure it was a breed. I mean, we like was, certain yeah, aspects of aspects breed. Of yeah. breed. But the three of us are not going to be like, oh, well, I can only take that terrier because its breed gives me a silky coat, and I would die before having a wire-coated dog. Like, or those kinds of things like, don't matter. If you like, for instance, I'm looking for a Yorkshire Terrier. Oh God, it's got white in its coat. Kick it out. Well, Yorkies have to have white in its coat, but yeah, I know what you mean. Well, like, no, they said on the show this oh, year that... Oh, I see, that, that, yeah, I see you're saying breed standard. Yeah, the breed standard is apparently no not... White. There's no white in the coat. It's not a true Yorkie. It is a garbage Yorkie. Yeah, Throw it away. So, my, I guess my main problem with dog shows, when we're not talking about the agility ones, because I'm fascinating, I've never seen them. Um, they, they hold this huge emphasis on the breed mm-hmm. to like the umpteenth degree mm-hmm. and I I don't feel like it's a great thing like they're like this is the ultimate I don't know I don't I guess I, I don't generally like breeders and a huge emphasis on reds uh, a lot of purebred dogs will also have like health issues yeah some of these are very obviously bred into them like the breathing issues of bulldogs and mm-hmm. all the smushness dogs have breathing problems mm-hmm. the back problems that like uh, dachshunds have i hate all of these things that are bred into them and like mixes or mutts don't usually have those things or they might have or they might have all of them they might have all of them you you actually brought up a really interesting point so have you guys ever heard of it feels almost like eugenics i know it's different but I don't, <laughs> I don't like the way that they're, like, emphasizing. Right. They're breeding. It, it is, it okay. skews me out. It's, like, gross nobility. So I don't like it. Have you ever heard of Wasabi the Pekingese? No. Okay, Wasabi the Pekingese won Best in Show in 2020, I want to say. She won Best in Show 2020. Well, National. Oh, Westminster. Westminster. Okay. Westminster. There was a lot of misinformation that was put out by Pekingeses because a lot of people don't like Pekingeses because they also suffer from squashed face syndrome. Like the, they have like the really narrow nose bone and, mm-hmm. and yeah. a poor, here's the thing, a poorly bred Pekingese will have breathing problems and need surgery on her nose or his nose so that they can properly breathe. But. I mean, they're going to have issues down the road. But. They're well here's the thing about wasabi. She was a very healthy dog. Her face was properly shaped. Her coat was well maintained. I'm looking at this dog. She looks ridiculous. She does look ridiculous. She's just a ridiculous fur ball. I actually think I remember seeing this dog. Pekingese's <laughs> original purpose as dogs were to act as hand warmers and companions to fine ladies. She looks China. like a muff. 
Let she does. See. Yeah, they were made. They were made yep. to be muffs. They uh-huh. were made okay. as companions. They, they did as a living muff. Yes, that's her purpose, is okay. to be a living muff. That's what her breed was created to do. There was a doctor, a vet on TikTok, who went on a huge, long, misinformational rant about how terrible Pekingeses were as a breed and how horrible human beings were to even... I want to um, go after just that them. breed. <laughs> because she won the Best in Show. Okay, but it's because she won Best in Show. He went other... Yeah, but that was the okay. that was where he was going to hoist that flag. That was the hill That's he was going to fight on. And so one of the things that really annoyed me about that video, and I actually had notes about specifically that, so I'm glad you brought it up, he holds up this x-ray of a terribly malformed Pekingese right next to poor little Wasabi. That's not Wasabi's no. x-ray. No. Yeah. Okay? The, the purpose of a good breeder, the purpose of these breeding programs is so the health issues that you're talking about get slowly kicked out so that you're seeing good, healthy, sound dogs make it through. And they're not suffering in the same way. Like, I'll tell you, Cushing's is a disease that's very, very common in poodles. Um, I have, you know, it, it'll, like, swell their face. It causes a lot of vomiting. It eventually kills them. But if you're screening for that in health screenings and you're being careful about which puppies are allowed to get together, you, okay, so it is you can limit it. Eugenics. It is eugenics in a good way. Okay, we would have dog breeding if it weren't for eugenics. Like, there would be only one type of dog if it weren't for humans getting involved in dog breeding. And we did, by the way, we did cover this in our history of dogs. We talked about the whole reason there are different dogs Mm -hmm. is because humans, like, huh, that thing could do this if I did that and if I bred Mm -hmm. it with that. Let's try it out. Oh, wow, this works. Or, oh, that didn't work out. Let's try it again. And, like, they even talk about in the National Dog Show, they'll be like, this is a new breed first year in because yeah. it's recognized. I, mean, I like having variation. I just yeah. don't like the, the, ex- the extreme degree mm-hmm. about the breeds. I think... I think also what it is is um, one thing. It is a rich person sport. Yeah, it's it pretentious. Is, yeah, itself. it's pretentious it itself. It and that annoys me because it's a lot of rich people. We say all this. Uh, they suck. We say all this. I really and and you know talking about dog sports and talking about rich people. I really, really, really want to get into rally and I want to get into um, agility. Yeah, like, that sounds fascinating. Like, those are really good sports. And here's the thing. A lot of dogs that have these uh, confirmation um, championships also have the rally and the agility. I know the one I was talking about earlier, Story. Well, she yeah, never, they do a lot of training. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Story, she's a standard poodle. She is retired now from showing because she's, she's three. And her owner, Handler, focuses only on rally and agility and um, dock diving. Like, those are the three sports her dog does now. But because she had her time in the confirmation rings, she is a dog that has more value in getting, you know, bred because of her background. Like, she is going to produce good, healthy puppies into the world because her owner gives a deep 
and enduring shit about making sure that she is healthy and that she passes those healthy genes forward. Mm-hmm. Look, among humans, it's completely incomprehensible and terrible. Like, we accept humans how they come for what they are, but we have to remember that dogs are, as much as we love them and companions, were originally created as companions to humans to preform a job. Right. Humans only job is to exist and to be good people and to be good stewards of the earth, you know, like, and we, we can't do much more than that. But no, that's our purpose, I think. Yeah, and humans. Not trying to scoff, it's just yeah, really, uh, really beefed it on that one. Uh, um, yeah. But also, okay, and when we say all this, we're never talking, no dog is bad, every dog is good, no and dog... that's another thing, is like, how do you, how do you choose? Also, I know, I know yeah, I think points. as a judge, it's like... I wouldn't want to choose any dog over another dog. It's like, they, they all win. This is why you are not a uh, breed judge. No, I no. would never be a breed judge. No, Heath would be like, There's everyone no gets blue ribbons. Everyone no, wins. No, you make up individual categories. Oh, that one has the best nose. That one has the best tail. That one is the happiest. That mm-hmm. one is the sassiest. Mm-hmm. That one is the oh, moodiest, that depressed one's an team. Asshole. Here's a trophy. You're a number I'm one so asshole, dog. What a shithead you are. Yes. <laughs> Here's the giant golden emoji poop. Yeah. <laughs> this is the number one emo dog in there. Do you see how depressed those eyes look? It's perfect. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's. It's an interesting thing. People like to test themselves. Human beings are competitive by nature. Um, you know, aww. Poor Mishka. Mishka he says, shifts it around. He's, like, groaning so hard. Like, it he, was a lot of work. He, well, was, he always groans. He's just like, what yeah, is poor up with old man. I've seen poor him baby. move his head slightly. He's like, oh, the struggle. Oh, Mishka is the he wins b- most he had groaniest. To stand up and turn around, you guys. He wins the award for most effort put into a turn. That was a big sigh. <laughs> Gold star, yeah. yellow, snorty sigh. Yellow should... and purple ribbon for you. Mm-hmm. And he also he also wins gold star for uh, like closest to giving up on a walk. Or like feet from the house. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know, just go on without me. I'm like He'll just lay down. He oh, will God. just He's lay like, down. I'm done. See, that's not the experience I have walking Clyde and Leon. When both my dogs are healthy and we're walking, they haul me up the hills. They, like, pull me. Like, I'm, like, able to lean on the oh, leash and have them pull me. I'll be like, no, I want to do something else. Yeah, I have several videos of, I'm joking with Rue. I'm like, come on, let's just drag your brother home. And she's like, okay. Because Rue is endless amount of energy normally. That's I mean, it's normal. probably the drugs. Like, yeah, she's on steroids, so. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, back to your point, I really do agree. It it can be kind of disheartening as a human to look at these dogs and say, how dare you not say this is not the best when we know that this dog is great. You know, all dogs are great. All mm-hmm. dogs are good. But the purpose is because people said, okay, I want to see how my dog stacks up against these standards, and I'm going to pay you money, and I'm going to wash and dry and trim my dog to the best of my current ability and uh when i do you are going to tell me where i stand these are people who are basically taking a very expensive personality test on you know in front of their peers yeah and they choose to do it they make the yeah. decision to go forth and do it they're gonna do it anyway because they they've been doing it. it oh yeah 
If you want to look up a very cool dog, my favorite, favorite champion dog is Siba the Poodle. S-I-B-A. I love Siba. She's of so course it's a poodle. You don't have favorites. I do. She's a black poodle. She's beautiful. She's so majestic. Um, I think she went in 2019 Westminster. And she is now living a beautiful life of retirement. Of course. She's completely shaved down. Wow, she looks fabulous. She is wonderful. It's, a really it's that big, puffy. Uh-huh. Oh, she's got continental going. So like drapes. Yeah. She is beautiful. Oh, my God. They look like really dramatic drapes. Those, those hair puffs they do. Run. Like, the way she runs is like a gazelle. It is one of the most beautiful things. That's what I love about the dog shows is you are getting to see the most active, healthy, beautiful examples of dogs you like. That's true. And you get to see examples of people who have put so much love and so much time and so much care into these animals. And you get to see them at their very, very best. And it's also funny to see, like, the American Bulldog, who's, like, when you're, like, yes! active, and, active and healthy, and he's, like, running, and it looks terrible. He's <laughs> like, blah, blah, blah. you don't look like, like you're made to move. Legs are, like, flopping all around the place. And he's it's breathing so really hard. And, yeah. Yeah. His whole face is just flopping around. The, the gels of uh, everything. so sweet. I mean, Bulldogs are just made to live on the couch. You can't yeah. Otherwise. Yeah, I just find it funny when they have to trot in the show, though. Well, <laughs> when they were putting him on the stage, at least for this year. He was carried. He, yes. he had to be carried because he was half asleep. He's like, uh, what? Showtime? And he won his little, his little group. He sure did. I feel like we should talk about the categories. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so. so there's seven categories of dog show. There is the... It sounds like it varies depending a little bit on the show. Well, for the national dog show, yeah. there were seven Yeah, we're, we're specifically talking about national because of the timeliness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the national dog show group, there is the terrier group. Terriers were dogs, as Danielle went over in her episode, but they were basically small hunting dogs. They were yeah. just meant to go after rodents and vermin. Yeah. Um, then there's the toy group. Which are like Maltese's and toy poodles and tiny um, tiny dogs, teeny tiny dogs, chihuahuas, chihuahuas, toy chihuahuas. Yeah. Um, then there's the working dogs, and working dogs are like military dogs, service dogs, uh, border collies, dogs that are bred to do a job. Yeah. Um, then there's the sporting group, so Labradors, Retrievers. Those are, would be, like, your gun dogs, your hunting dogs. Exactly. Then there's the hound group. Which used to be part of the sporting group, but they had to break it up at some point. Yeah, they broke it up because it just became its own. There were so many hounds. There are a lot of hounds. They used to count the sporting group because they have similar jobs. Mm-hmm. Then there's the non-sporting group, which is basically... Your catch-all. Yes. It's, it's the junk drawer! Basically, it's the miscellaneous dogs. <laughs> Sporting or non-sporting used to be the thing, and then hounds and terriers went into their own thing, yeah. and then toys and working dogs went into their own thing, and then the herding group got its own group from the working dog, and all the dogs that were left over just got put in the non-sporting. Yeah, they're the misfits. Yeah. The poodles live. <laughs> there's the Shiba Inu in there, and yeah. I'm like, looking at all these other dogs, and then there's like a couple that do not look anything. Yeah, there's it's a couple crazy. random terriers. Yeah. Is that where the Jack Russells got put? No, no are they? Be in oh, they might just be in the terriers. Yeah, there's a couple random terriers though in there that is like, oh, okay, you're you're a weird floof dog. And then the herding group, 
Mm-hmm. Which okay. sheep dogs, border collies, blue healers, rough collies, that kind of thing. It is neat, the categories. Um, there is also, they do, like, these aren't, like, obviously official, like, look at my breed, but they do, there are groups that do do, um, like, rescue shows where they, they're, like, as like charity events where they're like look at this nice mix and they do like you can use dog shows as a way to help with rescues and encourage like mutts and things like that i think there is even an official type of show that deals with um fixed dogs and mixed dogs but i forget what that's called so according to this is like from the vca hospitals um that while you have to have registered aka for like competing in show rings um there are something called even mixed dog breeds can compete in aka approved events through not all the not traditional dog shows competitions focus on agility obedience are open to dogs that have been registered through canine partners programs these abilities based are formatted through mixed breed dog clubs of America, which is a national organization that hosts um, dog shows for mutts so that not all dog shows are about the good look. Um, so what are they like? Uh, since there's no breed standards for mutts, a mixed breed competition separates dogs into three groups, small, medium, and large. Male and females compete separately, but both sexes are judged on how they perform and communicate with the owner. The biggest difference between purebred and mixed breed dog shows is that purebred shows dogs must be intact for the goal to continue lineage and quality of dogs. In mixed breed events, dogs must be spayed and neutered, and mixed breed dog club of America focuses more on responsible pet ownership than breeding, which I think ties into what April was talking about with the luring, the agility courses, where they encourage people to do active, responsible pet ownership. And do a fun thing with your dog. I mean, I like that more because also it's encouraging people to adapt. Yeah. There are too many animals. Like, they need homes. I agree. My dog was, both my dogs were adopted. I just also, and I think we we talked about this um, on the dog grooming episode. I'm not opposed if you're a person who has specific needs for a dog and you can't find the type of dog that you need in your local shelter. Yeah. If you're, say, living in a place where most of the dogs in your shelters are pit mixes and you're living in an apartment that has breed restrictions or breed laws, then getting a pit mix is not going to be right for you because Mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to keep that dog. And you make the decision to find an ethical breeder. There's nothing wrong with that. Or if you have children and you know that you need a specific kind of hypoallergenic dog, like a poodle, for instance, and you go to one of these breeders who does carefully vet people, and this person says, look, I've got a dog. He's got a blue eye. I can't show this dog, and he's going to be a good dog, but he's just not going to be fit for the ring. Promise that you're going to neuter him and let me know if something happens so I can take him back then yeah, okay, sure. Because that's what a good breeder is supposed to do. Right. And, I mean, they do have rules and regulations that breeders are supposed to follow. It's not just any person can become a breeder. But, I mean, and there are specific reasons to have breeds. Like, there are service animals that do need certain personality types. Um, And, heck, if you are working on a ranch, there are people who need specific 
types of blue healers mm-hmm. or yeah there are working dogs know, working dogs like they those dog breeds need to be protected so that you are keeping a high quality of dog heck police dogs yeah. i know they care a whole heck of a lot about the canine units and they like who's breeding the canine what kind of screening are the puppies going through what kind of training are you putting the dog through and then as they're retiring who's taking care of them you know i just wish all dogs got the same amount of care and that's i think the big issue that the average person sees when looking at dogs is that like there's all these dogs that are perfectly excellent pets who are not getting homes because people are discounting them because they're not, you know, the shiny of, yeah. uh, I don't know, Saluki or Brzoi or fancy Chow Chow. Mm-hmm. Some of the hair things that are chosen for the standard of the breed are ridiculous. Like, what's that poof with the... Oh, yeah, it was like this style where it's like cut, but to go over the nose. And, and then the ears are naked except for the very tips. It's like, it kind of looks... No, 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 not Chinese crest. It was a, it was a poof dog. It was a poof dog. It was a poof dog. The, the, this thing with its stupid hair. Okay, click on his, click on that, because I'm trying to look up the, um, that cut. That cut looks stupid. I, I disagree with the choice. Because these are the cut, they're in the cuts that they're traditionally supposed to be into. Beddingling Terrier. Bedding. Beddingling Terrier. That Look dumb. at that little back, though. It's see, like little art. See, that looks normal. They have one without a cut, and then they, like, what I'm talking about is they, like, completely shave its neck and ears and, like, the bottom jaw area, but everything else is floofy, and it's weird. Bedlington. Bedling, Bedlington. Yeah, Bedlington, yeah. It was bred to hunt, apparently, and use, uh... Is used in dog racing and dog sports and confirmation show and as companions. Yeah. Who chose that stupid hairstyle for them? Might have a reason, but still. Yeah, looking at the hearing information, this is get a clip. You want it to look like they have earrings. So, <laughs> just so you know, that little ear thing that you that's lit is called the tassel. Oh, okay. Of course it yeah. is. Uh-huh. And. They are supposed to... Okay, so I found a diagram of how they're supposed to be groomed. Yep, under the jaw. Yep, they have a shaved jaw with a 40 blade, which means it's very, very close to the skin. And then they keep the points of tassel above the right ear. My goodness, look at them from the back. Okay, y'all, I might be in love with how stupid this dog looks. Oh my god. I think his groomer would kill me, but it would be really funny if I did. I mean, it would be funny. Okay, according to an article, Bellingtons were bred to rid aggressive vermin like badgers, weasels, polecats, rats, martens. The fall on the dog's head is to serve to protect the dog's eyes and ears from sharp teeth of its prey. Ah! Okay, but you can also leave it more fur on its body. Nope. You could. Not necessary. None. Okay, so you don't have to worry about the dog's, I don't know, neck? No, neck's not important. Neck's not important. Why would that be? I'm assuming it's because they stick the head. 
They stick their head in it. Okay. okay anyway. So that contract. Um, that detour. The point I would like to make about Garnishes. I'm glad we found this ridiculous talk. It's love, a dumb... I love this I, I, will, I want you to put a picture of the Beddington in the show notes. If you can find a royalty picture on Wikipedia, um, put a picture in the I show I will notes. draw and point out the stupid hair myself. Baby. It's not her fault. They didn't, they didn't choose this hairstyle. Um... I like so, the ungroomed ones, like the natural cuts look nice. Yeah. Terriers actually are really cool to me. I think that they have really cool coats. So, the I would make with dog shows is that they're interesting if you enjoy watching confirmation shows. Like, they're, they're just interesting to watch because when you see them on TV, you're seeing the creme de la creme. You're seeing the best of the best. You're not seeing the little small groups of dog shows. And that's really what your average day-to-day dog show is more alike, mm-hmm. is very small, very insular to an area. Like, people know each other. They're yeah. like, mm-hmm. in the community. They're making friends. They're building relationships. There's, there's no peasant dogs, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's true, though. He, he's never gonna... Now I'm going to have to try and get in, just because you both know I'm a peasant. So if I can do it, maybe uh, somebody else can. Maybe, maybe there's a way. elbows with your hoity-toity friends. Uh, maybe, maybe there's a way, though. Maybe there's a way to break down the class divide if more people like more interested in that kind of thing. Did you know that um, labs and retrievers have never won um, Best in Show? That's uh, really a shame. Seems like a crime. Yeah. yeah. Did you sure. know that the big drama around Siva winning is that she was up against a Labrador named Buddy? And people were mad. They were big mad. This was going to be the big year for the Labradors. And then she took Twitter, that's correct. a standard poodle. Of course Everyone was are. like, ooh, a standard poodle, how boring. And I'm over here going, but she's so pretty. I mean, the she's la- do you know how long it took the lab? No, I just found it interesting. So it, like, many generations of Labradors have fought for this. Yeah. And like really friendly to people. Kindness is going to make it make swim. I just found it interesting that the narrator was like, oh yeah, Lab and, and Retriever, favorite family dog, never want a show in their life. And I'm like, oh, well, that's kind of me. It's like, doesn't stand a chance today. I hope they win, but you know. Did you guys ever watch Downton Abbey? Yes. Okay. That, the, that, the dad that. in Downton Abbey had Labradors. Yeah, so he loved that dog. I remember the episode where there was like a bunch of actual in-person family drama going on, but his dog was sick. And so he was just like, yeah, okay, whatever. You guys are fine, but my poor dog. Like, yeah. I'm He's like, I have to go. I have to go be with her. I have to go be with my dog. And you know what? I fucking relate to that man. Yeah. Like, you might be a rich dumbass who loses all really your family money. Well, that dog would also a just terrible Ponzi schemes. <laughs> but you understood that your baby needed you. Is it wasn't her name Artemis? Artemis, yeah, that was it. Yeah, and she would just be. I, I something about me there. I remember a war about the dog's name that showed in the character's names. I do like how, uh, uh, what, his name was Lord Grantham. Yeah, that's it. Lord, Lord Grantham. Grantham. Lord Grantham, he would just, like, I do like how they they did with that dog because she would just be, like, laying in the background somewhere following him around set. Mm-hmm. Like, they did a really good job of, like, even when he went out hunting, like, she would stay behind. It's like, no, you just go rest, sweetie. And she's like, Poor okay, baby. you're too old for but, this. No, it is a shame. And maybe one day we will see a golden retriever that makes makes the cut. That's well, crazy. those are the peasants, Breed. You can't That's let them win. Play. I'm true. But, no, like, if... The okay. boys have co-opted the labs. <laughs> <laughs> are a person. 
someone listening to this podcast and you want to get it, you're interested, you're like, well, I want to prove he's wrong. I'm a forward. I will go do this thing. <laughs> Step one is to find your local chapter and make relationships with a mentor. If that's uh-huh. what you're going to need. You're going to need a, bre- a breed mentor and you're going to need a mentor who is familiar with the judges in the area. You're going to want to sign up for ring classes. That's going to teach you how to do the uh, front and back. That's going to teach you how to do the stacking. Um, You want to make friends with your breeders. You want to get a dog that some other people have evaluated as potential in the ring. Then you're going to go to shows. Lots and lots of shows. How you fund that is up to you. I don't suggest crime. Wink. <laughs> By the way, when you said they teach you stacking, I just imagined someone going, and you put the little dog on the big dog. I pick up Rue and stack her on top of Mishka. We have a scale nearby so you can weigh them and figure out which one. She- and we can put Charlie, it will, Rosie, then Charlie, because I don't think Charlie could support Rosie's girl. No, he's no. He weighs about the same, but he's but he's skinny. He's skinny. He, he could be skinny. our top part of the pyramid. Yeah. We don't want to put this on Clive because his hips are delicate. Yeah. Oh, his hips are fine. He's he's darn me. But no, like so you. But he'll teach lay you, there. They'll still. teach you stacking. They'll get you involved, and then you can compete. Um, you know the the dogs that get a championship, they have to make fifteen points by winning. Mm. And their points are determined by how many dogs they win against. Mm. Here's the thing. Anybody who is watching, who is listening to this, who is actually into confirmation sports, is screaming because there's so much more involved with, like, no, this is how you get the points, and this is how you get best in show, and this is how you get best in group. Hey, hey, if, I, anyone, I hear that. if anyone out there is listening and is screaming, email us, mm-hmm. and I will have you on so you can explain this point system because, to me, it looks very subjective. I would love to... I show me your breakdown. like, March Madness. Oh, that's... That doesn't help. I know. We're not nerd people. Wait, sports sports ball. Well, sports nerds are intensely into statistics, and I never learned statistics. Yeah. So, it's, it's basically, like algebra, I said, it's, it's a tournament system where you have, like, a grouping. Each group goes up against, and as you go up the tiers, that's where... You know, like in Pokemon battles, you know? Well, like okay, okay. Pokemon. No, it's... <laughs> okay. We've watched anime. We have seen tournaments. I know what tournaments are. Yes, exactly. There's a tournament arc in most fighting animes that you've watched, at least. I understand how tournaments work. I understand how the chart works. I'm just saying they win by punching the other person out of the ring or something. That's not, not what, we don't want dogs to fight. No, I'm not saying that. Anti-dog <laughs> not what we're saying. What I'm saying this is, I would like, direction. as a, as an audience member who's staring at Fluffy, uh, so overall, I think the show is overall a nice distraction to I mean, put on in the dogs. background, to walk at dogs and listen to people go, oh, that's a nice dog, and sometimes give interesting facts about the dogs. That's all cool. I want to display me the point system. Tell me, show me that judge's notebook. I want to explain. That's what I'm kind of curious about. I was like, why? Why the fuck did this dog win? Is it just favoritism? It's favoritism. It's no, it's not favoritism. (laughs) I'm just saying that that it's not favoritism. They do have legitimate standards. Yes. And And, and anybody who's interested in getting into dog confirmations should Go for it. Like, I mean, I do feel time. like at some point a judge has been bribed, but, you know, whatever. 
And possibly. I mean... At some point, surely that has happened. Anyway. There's um, been a lot of dog competition. So... I want the dirt and the skinny on the dirty laundry in the dog world. Like, tell me... Uh, send us your stories. Yes, you that would be fun. I don't think I want that. I come would, to I our Instagram. Come to our Discord. I, I would. I, 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 I would be curious about uh, show drama. I mean, drama. I would be curious about it. It would just make me mad. But so we're gonna say unless con- they do good things. With that. So we're gonna end the episode by first congratulating Claire the deerhound, elk hound, deerhound, deerhound. Who good job, Claire? She you did a the good best job. Deerhound ever and. She is first time in this dog show's history to have the same dog win twice in a row. Not just same breed, but same dog. So good on Claire. Best dog ever, according to. She's really pretty. She's too sweet. Look at that that attitude. I'm just going to bounce. I mean, they're all good. Yeah, they're all good dogs. Anyway, so congratulations, Claire, on your two-time wins. Hopefully you can retire soon and have lots of puppies because whatever. I guess that's Apparently that's important. Well, it is to maintain yeah. the, the breed point. standard. Good job, lady. You are the best. You did it. You are okay. to be a mom. So, so uh, April, where can people find you? People can find me at Mojo by Moonsage on Instagram. Um, on the side, I am a tarot reader. And if you would like to spend some time with me reading your tarot cards, I could use money because I have a giant butt bill right now. So... Feel free to come find me. We'll talk tarot. And uh, Danielle and Heath, where can people find you? Um, hopefully going home tomorrow. Hopefully going home tomorrow. <laughs> you, you, can find find, home. Yeah, you can find them on Instagram at Pet Parents Pod. You can find them on their Discord, uh, which will be linked in the show notes. Also, uh, nope, nope, nope. Okay, Heath, take it over. So our Discord permalink is actually on our Instagram page. You can huh. also find it on our website. <laughs> petparentspod.com uh, but we're also on I don't think you mentioned Facebook mm. yeah you're on Facebook Facebook Twitter yeah. Instagram and, and Discord yep yep, yep. That's... and then you can also email us at petparentspod at gmail.com April thank you for being on the show today thank and... you for inviting me I'm your number one fan I never miss an episode I know, and I've been messaged when I run late any day. So, um, we will continue to get better. Good luck with your hopes and dreams. Goodbye.